Welcome back to Book Talks Podcast. This is Kayla and Marissa. And this week we read The Maid by Nina Prose. Nina Prose. Yes. Um, I liked it. I did not love it. Yeah, same. Uh, I mean, we're late to the train on this one, right? It's been out for a little bit. Yeah, so, so I picked this one is because I looked at the best mystery and thrillers of last year and this was like I think this one won yeah like I've definitely heard good things about this one I didn't know anything about it going into it so like I had no expectations and I didn't even know it was considered a thriller until you put it in our thriller category and I was like oh I just assumed it was like fantasy or something I don't know I don't know why the cover just didn't look like a thriller cover to me but I mean I liked it I think it was fine I definitely want to talk about the ending because I thought it was over when I still had two hours left to listen to it so I was just a little confused it felt like a really extended epilogue which which like on the one hand was good it wrapped it wrapped everything up like I don't know but then the actual epilogue I mean we texted today they introduced a random character and I was like what <laughs> yeah I felt like they and they said this in the, actually on the good morning America interview it was like a happy ever after like mystery and I guess I'm just not used to like mystery books wrapping up like this yeah um I'm used to just like some vague ending and like we don't know what happens like I didn't need like they go off into the sunset um I am curious I think she probably did this because she wrote a sequel to this book and molly the maid is the also the lead character in that book as well so i'm um, okay. assuming maybe she just wanted to start like a a maid uh sherlock's homes like kind of like vibe where she maybe she's gonna just keep going in this hotel where they just keep solving murders i don't know i don't know if we're gonna read the next one um i guess we should give a spoiler warning before we dive into it <laughs> yeah yeah we're gonna spoil everything <laughs> um yeah I also didn't know anything going into this book I knew it was about a maid because that was like kind of obvious um also fun fact about the author so she used to work with special ed kids okay and that is why she wrote Molly the way she is she thought that like when she take your kids out she saw that they were like kind of disrespected and like overlooked yeah um and she wanted to bring that into Molly's character because I yeah. was curious at her angle there um it was a very interesting narration. I feel like I've never read a, read a book like that. Yeah. And like, I I think that's probably why it got so much attention and was popular because it is talking about like an underrepresented community. They don't actually say whether Molly is autistic or on the spectrum or whatever, but you can kind of assume she's, she's on the spectrum in some way or another. Um, and I liked her. But it is also very frustrating reading about a character like her because you're like, Molly, it's so obvious. Don't trust Rodney. Like, what are you doing? And, you know, like you just want to scream at her. But, you know, I, then I also thought about it. And I'm like, well, we've all been duped by a stupid, charming guy. So, like, <laughs> you know, it has nothing to do with who she is. It's just like the way of the world. Um, but it was frustrating. Especially in the first, like, 100 pages when you, like, actively saw her, like, framing herself for murder. Um, <laughs> you're like please stop and she just yeah. kept on like everything every action she did was just like further framing herself and I was yeah. like how is she gonna get out of this mess 
when she called Rodney, that's his name, right? Rodney yeah. or something. When she called him and was like, I went and got the gun and like, I, I don't know. She told him some other things. Like, I forget what it was now, but he was like, oh, I'll, oh, she stole the ring. She had stolen the ring and sold it for money. And he's like, don't worry about it, Molly. I'll take care of everything. I just wanted to like throw the book. I was like, this is so, I'm like, I'm going to be sick. Like she has no idea that she has just handed him all the things he needs to set her up. Oh, that was frustrating. All yeah, and the Mrs. Um, Snow, which is no, who's the one who's who is the one who died? Snow or Mr. Black? Mr. Black. Sorry, very basic names. Um, <laughs> Black Snow. Honestly, Black they're Snow. they're different but the same. Um, Mrs. Black number two. Uh, I feel like I was so unsure if she was using Molly or does she actually care about Molly. It yeah. was um that parts were hard to read for sure because you just felt bad for her. Yeah. I also felt bad when the cops like arrested her because they didn't like give her any grace. Like I feel like obviously she's a little different and they did not even like attempt to like accommodate in any way. Yeah, no, I really I hated the cop in this book and I felt like they didn't listen to her at all. And yeah, like maybe someone should have been there from a special education program who could have like worked with the cops to like handle it differently. But also like maybe it's realistic. Maybe those things really do happen. Um, I, it reminds me the last book, the last thriller we read and how um, uh, in Sherry Lapina's book, The Only One Left. No, that was really sickers. We Are Liars. <laughs> The everyone last one here is lying. Everyone, everyone here is lying. Everyone is lying or something yeah, like that. Something like that. <laughs> um, there was there was an autistic kid in that one who had the drone. And like every time the cops show up, the mom was just immediately his advocate, you know, like um, everyone accuses my son of things because he's different, blah, blah, blah. And Molly didn't have an advocate in this book. And so that was frustrating because like if her grandma had been alive, she would have had someone on her side, but she was going through all this completely alone until Mr. Preston and Charlotte and whatever came, came to help her. But like, it was very frustrating watching her go through it alone because I felt so bad for her. Her grandma died. She swindled out of all her money. She probably didn't murder this guy. And like, no one was on her side. Oh. I was also, like, whenever she was so quick, though, to trust Mr. Preston and his daughter, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Can we can we calm down here? Like, she's so quick to trust people. And I'm like, have you not you learned your just, lesson, Molly Gray? You got burned not once, but twice. I was like, why are we jumping into this friendship right here? Yeah. And to, what's his name? The, the dishwasher. Wait, I have a list of characters. Oh, Juan Menye. Juan, Juan- Manuel. Yes. <laughs> Juan Manuel. Um, him, I didn't trust him at all. And I, th- when the book started, I was like, he had weird marks on his hand. He was being super dodgy about where he'd been during the murder. And I was like, oh my gosh, do we know who the murder is in like the first 10 pages of this book? Like, did Juan Manuel kill this guy? Um, and then he ended up being a good guy and him and Molly have a thing which is kind of weird because I imagine Molly is being like very young and all these other people is just being older than her so like I imagine Juan Manuel is like a 40 year old (laughs) a little weird when they got together 
Yeah, I don't know what age everyone was. I wonder what age. For some reason, I really thought that Mrs. Black number two was like Molly's long lost mom. Oh, that would have been a twist. But it wasn't. It was her mom was apparently dead but I really I don't know why I just thought like oh so weird she's like befriending her like me and like um the grandmother said oh she'll never come back or like it would take a lot to bring her back so I'm like oh maybe she just like ran off with a rich man and like was like living her life Uh um so but no I was wrong about that I was like maybe it is I didn't have any thoughts in that direction, but that actually would have been such a good twist because it was weird that her name is Giselle, Giselle, right? Yeah. Giselle took such an interest in Molly. Like everyone else saw her as different. Everyone else saw her as a little odd, um, except for Mr. Preston and Giselle. And there was no reason for Giselle to get to know her. She was just the maid. Like I know this book emphasized how, you know, staff are treated more poorly and all that stuff. But like, it's true. If I'm at a hotel, I don't interact with the maid unless like I'm passing him in the hall and I say hi. But Giselle, you know, like did her makeup and gave her gifts. And so- I kind of wish she had been the long lost mother just because that would have been a really cool twist, but it wasn't. Well, meant I also to be. don't know how old Giselle is. Um, yeah. So that was like a little a mystery there. I just think Giselle, it was a representation of how lonely Giselle was yeah. that she befriended her maid, her weird maid that no one wants to be friends with. Um, yeah, no, that was an interesting part. Um, I don't yeah. think I've seen it, I was like getting done. Like I just, it was a short book, but it felt mm-hmm. very long. It did. I had a hard time getting into it, Um, which I mean, like there was a murder right at the start, but then I feel like by the time I got into it, I also was thinking it should be over. And then <laughs> like there was those two hours at the end. And I was like, when I looked down and saw I had two hours left, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. How are there still two hours left? And it's not that it was a bad book. I just, like, I wasn't that into it. The story was fine, but it wasn't, it wasn't like a twisty, turny thriller novel, like what I'm used to. It was a little more heartfelt, um, a little more like kind of a found family with Mr. Preston and Charlotte and all these like misfits, um, but not like, not like a thriller kind of. Yeah, that's why I'm shocked it won the category. I would actually yeah. like to consider this more just like regular, like a contemporary f- contemporary fiction than yeah. a thriller. Um, that's what I thought it was, like just normal fiction, especially because the cover, I mean, normally thriller covers are dark and like have someone's face half hidden or something. And this was like red with a keyhole. And it, like, it just didn't look like a thriller novel. Well, the new cover is just blue with the keyhole. (laughs) (laughs) Very creative. (laughs) You know, if I had a short cover budget, (laughs) I can make them that cover on Canva right now for free. (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I like, I, I mean, it was somewhat thrilling, but also... I, I really I don't consider it a thriller like I read a lot of thrillers this was not to me a thriller I wasn't concerned or like fearful of anything um I remember when I read when we read um the Riley Sager book I was like actually scared for the that nurse girl I don't even remember uh-huh. her name but I was like scared for her well-being like there are people like 
walking around in the middle of the night. We didn't know if she, the girl, like, in the wheelchair could even walk. Like, we didn't know. I was like, what is going on here? There wasn't really any mystery. Like, the guy was dead. Somebody killed him. We don't know who it is. There's, like, a whole drug cartel going on in the background. And Molly was thought she was cleaning up dust this whole time when it was literally cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I probably wouldn't have known it was cocaine either. <laughs> well, whenever she was in that room with, like, the two big men with, like, tattoos and, like, Rod- like Rodney and they're, like, like, having all these, like, sayings that are really obvious, I was like, can't you pick up on anything that's a little off? Well, and, I mean, like, the, the duffel bags of stuff. Didn't like, she I, look in them? I thought for sure the thriller part was going to come in, like, maybe something would fall out of the duffel bag, and she'd be like, oh, something else is going on, and now her life's in danger because, like, she knows about it. But that didn't happen. She just never looked. <laughs> Which, I mean, were, like, so mean. They were all just, like, we're laughing behind her back the whole time. I hate the two guys used her. That she thought she loved two different guys and they both used her. <laughs> it literally broke my heart. The the bank account thing, that was so mean. He would come oh. over and hang with the grandma. That was awful. And then the grandma asked about him and oh, I can't, I can't believe he took all their money. What what do they call their bank again? I was confused. The Fabergé or something. I don't know what that means. I've never heard of that word. Like I don't remember where this the book takes place. For the longest time, I thought we were like in London because I kept on saying the Fabergé, and then I yeah. realized like I think we're in the U.S. I absolutely pictured this in London, and the red cover did not help because the red cover put like London vibes in my head, like a red telephone booth or something. I, I don't know, and I thought we were in London, and then halfway through, I realized. No one was talking in a British accent. <laughs> I really hated the maid in charge of Molly, whatever her name was. Hated Charlotte. her. Cheryl. Why didn't she just get fired? She sucked. I don't know. Like, she did get fired in the end or not even fired, just demoted. So, like, I don't know. Like, she was stealing people's tips and she was really mean to Molly. I don't know why she was promoted in the first place because I didn't feel like the hotel owner or snow or yeah snow um I didn't feel like he was a bad person and I felt like he cared about his staff like you know especially in the end he cared about his staff but you know he had hired good people for the most part I mean Rodney was a bad egg obviously um and then Cheryl was a bad egg so I, I don't know why she was in charge I really hated her and I'm really glad that Molly ended up being the supervisor otherwise <laughs> I don't think I would have kept working there no, definitely. I I am still dying at the whole gun in the vacuum. <laughs> I mean, if someone that if someone told me to sneak in and get a gun from a murder scene, I would have questions. You know, <laughs> I think I would just say no. Yeah, I just don't have the guts to do it. I and especially she's like a rule follower. That was what confused me about it because she was like such a rule follower, but she was so quick to break these rules for these people. I agree. It was very hard to like understand her rationale there. 
I, I was thinking the exact same thing towards the end of the novel, just that, you know, she's so strict about, you know, wiping off her shoes when she comes in the door and, you know, she has a strict cleaning routine and follows all the rules. And yet like the things about just little things like letting, even letting, um, what's his face? Juan Manuel. I don't know why I can't say his name. Um, but <laughs> letting him stay and sleeping, uh, sleeping in grandma's house, whatever. Um, she had said something like, you know, it would be uncomfortable for everyone, but like, it was a good solution. And I was thinking based on what I know about Molly, I just don't feel like if she was uncomfortable with something, she would be so willing to do it. Like, well, at least for my personality, if I'm uncomfortable with something, I retreat into myself. And as far as I know, I'm not I'm not on the spectrum too far, although maybe I, maybe I am because you've said several times that autistic characters remind you of me. So maybe I am a little bit. Not all the time. I think every book I even said that about, but there was one character that was a little <laughs> on the spectrum that reminded me of you. Um, no, I don't think you're on the spectrum, even if you were. But I again, if I make things maybe uncomfortable, I don't do it. Yeah. And I couldn't believe that she took the ring and sold it. That was like a big deal. Well, I feel like she definitely did that out of desperation and she like hated him. Um, yeah. That was the kind of Molly that I thought was going to kill him. That last chapter. Okay. The the epilogue. The last the last thing. When she, when she was detailing that again, and she said, I turned around and saw someone in the mirror and it looked a lot like me and Gran holding the pillow. I was like, holy crap, Molly killed him. And it would make sense because she also suffocated her grandma. Like maybe she got a taste for murder. So like, I was like, holy crap. And then instead it ends with, it was the first Mrs. Black. Well, I don't think ever was actually in the story. Like it was, she was referred to a couple of times, but no one, she had never been in that, in written in the book, a line written in the book until the very end when she was a murderer. It was like the worst crime suspect ever. I know. And then she was just like, Molly, dear, you won't tell anyone, will you? <laughs> like, I just, I just felt like it was such a stupid, weird ending for a decent novel. I Like I, I've never liked when thriller books um, one of the Good Girl's Guide to Murder books did it. I think it was the third one where there was no way to predict the suspect. And I, I like we got to the end when the suspect was revealed and it was like, oh, that person could not have been predicted based on any of the clues because like we didn't know of this person's existence. I feel like the same thing happened here. There was no way we would have suspected the first Mrs. Black because as far as we knew, she wasn't in the city. Like she wasn't like she was never mentioned coming in or out of the hotel. So yeah, I didn't love that. I would have loved it more if Molly had been the murderer. For a minute, I thought it was Mr. Preston. Because he mentioned a couple times that he was like a not a Mr. Black was a bad guy. He was a bad egg. Like I'm not, I'm not upset to see him go. Like things like that. And I was like, imagine if Molly just saw him in the window, like that would have been so juicy. And he was so sure Molly didn't do it. Like, so sure. So that would have actually been a really good twist. And he was so willing to have his daughter help Molly because he knew it was, like, his crime. Uh Uh-huh. That would have been good. We could have written this really well. (laughs) 
I always think if we wrote a book together, it would be a marvelous romantic th- killer, like thriller. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Someone would die for sure. Oh, yeah. It would definitely. And if it had it your way, it'd be the main love interest. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. No one gets to be happy in the end. <laughs> I really feel like this girl is like, if I try to write a thriller, like I made like someone die, but like everyone happy in the end. <laughs> No, I mean, that was the thing. The last two hours felt like an epilogue, wrapped up the story. Molly and Juan Manuel get together. Like they get the bad guy. He goes to prison. And you find out that the person who killed him, like, wasn't really a bad guy. She was just a social justice warrior. And so, like, you're like, okay, happily ever after for everyone. The end. Hmm. I think that's why why it's probably because it, it doesn't leave people with like a bad taste in their mouth. Yeah. Um, but for us who read a lot of like books and thrillers, I feel unsatisfied a little bit that it wasn't more dramatic. I also don't think I would like a second book about Molly sol- solving another murder, just because I feel like the one she solved this time was specific to her situation, like, you know, getting roped in by this guy who she kind of liked and and cleaning up the cocaine messes that she didn't know was cocaine and all this stuff. Like, it was so unique. To solve another murder, like, at the same hotel would just kind of be gimmicky. Like, oh, someone else got murdered. Hopefully Molly can solve it. You know, like, she's not a detective. She just happened to be the right person to help solve this murder. Yeah, I don't know how... Like part of me is like, oh, I'm curious how it's gonna go. I'd read it, but I also just don't think I'd want to. Um, yeah. I still stand. I think my favorite thrillers were the one we read last year about the school, It Girl by Ruth Ware. Yes, love that one, and I loved Everyone Here Is Lying. No, oh, uh, left. Yes, yeah, yes, the Riley Sager one we read this season. Those are my two favorite thrillers thus far. We have mm-hmm. one more. We have um. The Villa. The Villa. Oh, I'm excited for that one. I've read a Rachel Hawkins book and my mom was like not jazzed with it, but I loved it. It was like, it was very, I don't know, like just twisty and steamy and like it was good. It was good. So I hope, I hope the Villa is also, also good. I feel like that's another one we picked because it was popular um, and not because it was newly coming out. So I'm excited for that one as well. Um but yeah, we t- we tested, we we listened to you guys on Goodreads, and we don't know if we agree. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so like that's I haven't rated it on Goodreads yet because I was waiting till we talked about it. Because a lot of times when we talk about things, I'm like, well, crap, I gave that a four, and really, it's like a three point two. <laughs> but I mean, I think this was like a solid four. Like it wasn't a bad book. It just. Like in the thriller category, it's not a four because it's not a thriller. In the fiction category, like it's a good book. It's a four. Um, I don't want to read the second book, but like it's fine. What was your take on the writing? The writing was fine. Um, I, I mean, obviously she wrote in character for Molly. So like Molly speaks very differently from kind of a casual conversation, you know, the way she talks. What's the thing she says about, I will clean your room to perfection or something like that. I'll, I'll restore a state of perfection. Like every time she said that, I just like would giggle because I'm like, that's so stupid. 
<laughs> and then several times she said, Mr. Black was dead in his bed. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> so like, I, I liked, I liked that she wrote within the style of the character. And um, I liked to the part when Charlotte was actually sending a text for Molly and Juan Manuel looked at it and was like, well, that's not how Molly would talk. And then she fixed it and it sounded so formal. And I was like, there it is. She does like stay in character pretty much the whole time. Like she really doesn't waver from that. So I think that's really good writing. I feel like it's hard to write in your own voice alone, let alone write in a voice that you don't experience in your head. Like you, I, I, the author has not said she has autism. So I'm assuming she does not process things like she has written. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it was really hard to like write in that point of view. So yeah. I give that part kudos. I give it a three. Um, it just didn't do anything for me. It didn't make me feel good. It didn't make me excited. It didn't make me nervous. It didn't make me sad. I felt nothing. Yeah, I get that. Honestly, I didn't think any of the characters were really developed beyond what you'd write on a piece of paper. Like Molly was a maid on the spectrum. Juan Manuel was a dishwasher. Like Mr. Preston was the doorman and he cared about Molly. And like, you know, like they aren't developed beyond that surface level, what you know about them. So like for for that reason, it's not like a five-star book. Um, I would say for feel good, like it is a feel good in the sense that there's a happily ever after kind of, and you get that like found family trope because, you know, Mr. Preston clearly had a thing for Gran. And actually it was implied that he's Molly's grandpa. Yeah. It was implied he knocked Gran up. I I thought I, I had... I had thought that as well. Yeah, but um, Molly didn't pick up on it. And so I'm like, that's kind of sad. <laughs> I wish she knew that like she has family. But um, anyway, I mean, like, so there were some feel good moments. It wasn't an all-star book to me though. I won't remember it in a month. <laughs> I don't even remember the guy, the names from the first book, uh, no. the first thriller we read. Which thriller was that? I don't uh, remember what thriller we read this year. <laughs> the Riley Sager one. I don't remember the names from that. I just remember they were like the only one sisters, Nora, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lenora. Lenora. Lenora Hope. Yeah. Um, no, I'm really bad at remembering names. Even this book, I think I forgot um, everyone's name except Molly. Because Molly was, very, it was an easy name to remember. I have a list of names up on my other screen right now. Because I finished the book and couldn't remember if his name was... Rodney or Radney or Ridney. I was like, it was something with an R. I think this is being made into something in film. Hmm. Because in the interview with Good Morning America, she referenced Florence Pugh playing Molly. Interesting. Did I say her name right? Um, That's not how I pictured Molly at all. Molly being very, like, petite and... Very small. And like just dark hair, like very pale. And I don't really picture Florence being like that. So I don't really know. Florence is blonde and not quite as petite as what I would have imagined Molly to be. So that's an interesting casting choice. Now, Florence Pugh is an amazing actress. So I'm sure she can pull it off. But I am surprised because I also pictured her with like brown kind of shoulder length hair. I'm going to see, look up what it's going to be. Yeah, not that Florence isn't small, but I like it's referenced many times in the book that Molly faints from like basically not eating. 
Yeah. And she yeah. doesn't have the money to like feed herself. So I feel like I picture her being like like almost like too skinny. Yeah. It was it it was announced in 2021. I don't think uh anything has happened since. Okay. Are you officially done with TikTok? Um yeah, like I didn't delete the account or anything. I just I and I didn't delete the app off my phone because if I do, I'll lose all the drafts that I have. Not that I'll probably ever post them, but I've just like hidden it on my phone and I haven't gotten on since the last video I posted saying I was like taking a hiatus. I'm um, glad. Yeah, it's been nice not dealing with looking at the comments or worrying about something going viral and how people will take it. Are, do you feel like it's helping your mental state? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I've been having fun with the Instagram reels. I haven't posted anything recently, but I was having fun with those just because like on Instagram, you can just choose a trending song, take a video of your face and like write a little piece of text and like, it's fine. It it like does whatever. I mean, ours don't get a ton of views, but there's no worry of it actually going viral um, with that like FYP page. Like anything can go viral there and you don't know how people will take it. And, and so like, there's no chance of that really with Instagram. Like maybe something will go viral one day, but I doubt it. We're not, we're not that big. Um, <laughs> I think people are just a little nicer on Instagram. Um, so and I think we can manage probably the comments better if it does happen. No, I, I, ever since, I think I'd had to talk for like two months during COVID and then I removed it and never went back because I just feel like can get in like doom scrolling so easily. And then I just waste like hours. I do that enough on Instagram. I don't need two devices where I do that. So I support it that. It is a waste of time. And we're going full set on the YouTube. We have, um, I think like six YouTube videos up, just kind of get, trying to get our backlogs onto YouTube as well. So we will be there. We will be here. Um, I guess we'll wrap it up. Thanks for listening. This is Kayla. And Marissa. You can make sure to follow us on Instagram at Book Talks Podcast and YouTube. <laughs> have a good night. <laughs>